0: Brought to you by Integra Vita Wellness, here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. You can call me Gregory. And welcome back to Confessions of an Obese Child. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means so much to me. I was thinking about a month ago, six weeks ago, uh, none of this even existed. I was just a regular old medical teacher, minding my own business at a high school. And within a month, I have certified as a health coach through two different organizations. And I created a website. And I've made an effort to release a prodigious amount of work quickly. So I've been blogging daily. And uh, it's either between the podcasts or I'm sorry, it's either between the confessions or health articles. And uh, now I've set up this podcast, and I finally got on the Twitter yesterday. So I'm trying to figure that out. You know, I know a lot of young people, it's it's just wired and seared into their head how, how to do it. But for us old folks, social media is a totally different beast. And I'm and the, the one of the issues with me is I'm not really big into looking at screens and just always being, wired in or hooked in, you know, I remember the old days and I'll tell this to the students, you know, when I went to high school, we didn't have email and we didn't have cell phones and I graduated in 92, so it's not that long ago. And I think I just lament the fact that these kids don't know how to just be silent or just be immersed in silence, like just go to a park and walk around and just turn everything off and just listen to the sounds of nature and just be in nature. And I, I just feel like with social media and, and I see the kids, you know, they're always on their phones and they're just so wired in. And, and it's, I think, it, I think you gain something by knowing what's going on in the world with pop culture and the Kardashians and whatnot and seeing what your friends are doing. But I think you just lose so much. And I think if you step back, if these people stepped back and it's not just students, it's a lot of adults. Uh, they, if they could just see how they look and see what they're doing, and, and just kind of see how much time it takes out of their life. Perhaps they would, if not, stop completely, but at least minimize it to a certain extent. And I think that cell phone addiction is very legitimate and bona fide. I think, I think like with a lot of people, including myself, when I was a child, I would turn to food for, for solace. I think a lot of people turn to their cell phones or social media, Facebook, Pinterest, whatever it is, because they're unhappy and it gives them an outlet, you know, some sort of a modicum of happiness that they might not be deriving from other aspects of their life. So uh, I'm not. I'm not here to be judgmental about social media. I just. I just wish we could find a better balance. I think it's all about balance. Anyway, so I I, I am now on uh, Twitter. It's IntegraVitaWell. Well. And once I figure out what hashtag means and all that stuff, and who I'm following, and what I'm followed, and how to do stuff, uh, yeah, just be patient, because I'm old. Anyway, so today is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, confession out of the 13 that I've written. This is number seven, the brawl, the brawl. Now we're leaving gym class, we had the... Trio that had to do with PE uh, that finished on the last pod co- the podcast which was on the fitness test and so now we're moving on to other stuff so I like the bra because I think the bra I try to, to put some humor in it um, and you know it is relatively poignant the idea that I I contemplated wearing a bra right and I get to imitate my parents in this and I love imitating my parents because again it's my one accent I have i have hello i am a poo a poo from the quickie mart this is my indian accent let's just go eat some chicken tikka masala i'm I'm pretty good at my indian hello i'm british oh hello i'm noah gallagher from oasis hello i'm i see i kind of have a little british but eh, it doesn't last long that's more like i guess cockney and not like the queen's english or the the fake english like madonna or gwyneth paltrow and then i have the hello how are you today my name is gregory luna and see that's kind of like my russian italian arabic hello raul so that i don't so i don't I, that's all i can do my indian's pretty good now sometimes i do it and, and then people say that's racist I, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery and when i'm doing my indian accent i love indian food i love indian people i love their gods I think they're really cute with the arms and the elephants. And I just I just think it's an incredible culture. I would love to go there. My father used to go there. He used to do a lot of conferences there uh, when he was alive. And so I would love to go there. But first, I want to go to Russia. My master's degree is in Russia and uh, Russian history. And um, I just love Russian history. I just love Russia. I want to go to St. Petersburg. But probably ain't going to happen anytime soon. I have been fortunate enough to have traveled to Europe quite a bit when I was younger in my 20s. And I went actually last summer, I went to England, and uh, that was nice. Got to go to London. I wanted to go into Westminster Abbey because so many people were buried there in every coronation since I think uh, William the Second maybe, uh, was there. But then I went there and they're like, what? I got to pay 20 pounds to get into a church? No, thank you. The Vatican is free, baby. Be like the Vatican. Okay, I felt like I just balked at that. I guess I'm too frugal. And now, of course, in retrospect, being back here in the States, I regret not paying the 20, but that's how they get you. That's how they get you into the system. That's how they get into your wallet. So I'm kind of ambivalent about that. But anyway, the brawl. Let's begin. Gynecomastia is the condition in which men develop breasts means woman, masto means breast. That's my medical terminology right there. I am a medical teacher, you know. This may be caused by medications or hormone imbalance. In me, it was because I was morbidly obese. In elementary school, as my weight burgeoned, so did my breasts. It was around third grade or so that I began to become self-conscious about them and was constantly reminded about their girth. Why? Because of the bane to all with large breasts whether it be a boy or a girl. The Titty Twister. Now, I know the Titty Twister has different names depending on where you live in the States. The Titty Twister is when they grab your breast and turn it, hence the name Titty Twister. It's not like some fat tornado or something like that. So far, most of my confessions have dealt with the name Fat Albert or my experiences in gym class. Now, let's return to the classroom. A typical day at school would be a cornucopia of projectiles hurled at me, spit wads, Crumpled up paper, airplanes, etc. Sprinkling with some disparaging comments. Airplanes. I was never good at making a paper airplane. I still can't do a paper airplane. But I used to get the, the spit watch shot at my head and stuck in my hair. Yes, I used to have hair. Yes, I know. I've been bald for some time. But there's some benefits to being bald, which maybe I'll talk about later. Moreover, the kids around me would make marks on my shirt and arms with their pens. They would also slap my hand with a ruler. Yeah, that was pretty common. They would just get the pens and just pen mark me, and I'd be like, stop, stop. And then they would just do it more because I wouldn't really do anything about it aside from saying, stop, stop. And then the ruler, yeah. The titty twisters normally happen in the hallways. My school had separate elementary and middle school wings. and each one, when class was dismissed, you had to walk in a counterclockwise motion to get to your next class. Yeah, this was done because I think they didn't want kids just crossing hallways to being very anarchic, so we wanted this, this counterclockwise motion, and then there was like one teacher in the middle who would watch the penit- penitentiary-like movement as we walked slowly, lumbering our way through, not wanting to get to the next class. So when we are in the hallway, there's only one teacher in the middle. So this was a perfect opportunity for these kids to do their little makeshift mammogram, I like to call it, and they would just turn around and do a titty twister. Or they'd reach across the hallway making sure that the teacher wasn't looking and do one there. Or I would get the, the great kick in the ass if the guy behind me was a, 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 a swell kid. He would just kick me in the ass. Now, I would on occasion evade them like portly ninjas, but sometimes the person in front of me would just turn around and do it. If I had the right quality student behind me, they would just kick me in the ass and say, move it, fat ass. Either way, a day day of titty twisters turned my breasts red and swollen. As I ascended the ranks into high school and my breasts grew larger, the titty twisters increased. Now, my breasts were not double D-type female breasts but rather misshapen ones that veered to my armpits. Yeah, if you look at any pictures with men, adult men with gynecomastia, they, they kind of look that way. They're kind of like horizontal, and they kind of go to the axilla. When I would jump, they would certainly jiggle back and forth to the point where I could feel them brushing against my chest. I went to a private Catholic school known for rigid discipline and academics. Think of the academic rigor of Dead Poets Society mixed with the sheer sadism of the Dictator and Training School of the Americas. And you don't know the School of the Americas was where uh, Noriega and a lot of the uh, the dictators, future dictators of South America, went when they were children. It's located, I think, in Atlanta, and actually, I think they've renamed the school because it has such a bad name. But it was a school for like really wealthy Latin American scions who would who would send their kids there who later went through the ranks, made connections with the American military-industrial complex, and then eventually, either with the help that with the CIA of the CIA or not, they would topple whatever existing regime, typically leftist because back in the Cold War we didn't like leftist governments. So close to the states, think of Cuba. And so we'd put in our you know henchmen, right wing treated the people probably worse than the left wing governmented uh, dictators. And so they all went to the school. My parents knew of course that I was being harassed at school all the time and they broached the topic of getting a bra, a bra for a boy. I couldn't wear a bra, but upon cogitation, I considered the pros and cons. So let's review the pros and cons. Pros, no titty twisters, right? Because the bra they couldn't get through that impervious shield. Ample support for my saggy cleavage, that's number two, and three, perhaps the most important, pretty lace and floral arrangements. Hey, I, I, I envy women who get to wear these pretty outfits and these pretty bras, and they all match, and they're all lacy and all that. They seem so nice, you know. Man, we just have underwear. Yeah, it's not the same. Cons. Cons of me wearing a bra in high school. Number one, everything under the sun. So I dithered when they brought up the subject. I knew that wearing a bra would elevate me to the top of the ridicule chain. The future Jerry Seinfelds would have a field day with this one. Now, this is the 80s, so Jerry Seinfeld's show didn't come out until 1990, so yeah, it kind of dates me there. I even broached the topic with my fellow outcasts, and they thought I was an effing moron if I did it. One of them even told me it'd be good for me to do it so my ranking would fall at school, and he wouldn't be the most ridiculed one anymore. That's pretty funny because, you know, everybody has a ranking at school, especially if you go to a small school. You know, I went to a small Catholic high school. I think the graduating class was 100. So everybody knew everybody. And you had the jockey popular... And then you had the academic elite popular. This was mostly the Asians and some white kids. And, you know, those were the ones that go in Ivy League. And then you had, like, a good middle group of the middle popularity. And then, you know, we were down, and then you got to lower into the nerds and the outcasts where I was. But I wasn't the worst. I mean, there were always the the kids with uh, Tourette's. There was a kid that had, uh, I guess, before they thought it was the autism spectrum. We had a kid that was autistic. Uh, We had the kid who would poop in class, you know, so we, we, I wasn't the worst, but I remember having a friend, I don't want to say his name, uh, just in case people from the past listen to this pod, who was like, yeah, do it, yeah, uh, you'll fall to the bottom. So I asked my father, who is from Mexico, in the event that you have not listened to my older podcast, and my mother, they're both from Mexico. And my dad was an overall good guy and would only berate me on my obesity when he was drunk or frustrated at my mom or eldest brother. I remember him distinctly telling me in his Mexican-tinged English accent, You do what you want, but if you do this, it will haunt you forever. You decide what what ethnicity that is. I almost sound like... That sounds more Arabic. Ironically, in an effort to cheer me up, he would say... Albertote, which means big Albert. Let us go to Swenson's ice cream. Classic parenting, Luna style, right? It's so so typical of parents, right? It's like, we want to cheer you up. You're fat, but let's cheer you up. Let's go eat ice cream. Okay. We're not going to say no to that. You know, we don't have the wherewithal to say that. Ice cream, especially because, you know, kids crave one-on-one time with their parents. They want to spend time with their parents, especially one-on-one because it's a different dynamic when you're in a big group, especially if you have a large family. So first of all, you want to spend one on time with your parent. And then if you throw an ice cream, you're like, yeah. So I, I love the irony of I'm thinking of getting a bra because I'm too fat. He tells me not to do it. And then he says to cheer me up, let's go get ice cream, which of course will just make me fatter. Yeah, I'm sure you can relate to that, if not with food, with other things, right? Oh, you're feeling down today, Debbie? Let's go shopping, right? Or hey, Chance, you're sad about work or your girlfriend dumping you? Let's go get drunk, yeah. Or you had a tough day at work? Let's go get high, (laughs) right? One day, I went with my parents to the mall. Normally, we would split up. I would go to the arcade with the $5 they gave me. My mom would go purchase clothes that she would never wear, only to have her surreptitiously stockpile them in every closet in the house. And my dad would go to the mall's bookstore. Yes, malls once had bookstores. To read, quote-unquote, which we all knew meant falling asleep. Yeah, so this this is rich in Luna history. All This sentence is so great. Because my mom which I mentioned, I think, in a previous confession, was a, a compulsive shopper. But she was such a compulsive shopper that she would buy clothes. Every day we'd go to the mall in the summer, and we would drive all across Houston, and Houston is a gigantic town, right? She didn't go to the same mall. We would go to different malls. And she would just buy a bunch of clothes and just put them in her trunk or her closet or anybody's closet in the house and never use them. It gave her some sort of relaxation or ease of the anxiety that she had because she was chronically depressed and anxious, which I mentioned, I think in the podcast confession, why did I become fat? But she had this neck. So in her car, if you open the trunk, literally you couldn't put anything in there. If you went to any closet, literally all middle-aged female clothes, you know, and you would you would talk to her about it. You'd be like, Mom, what are you doing? You're not even. I don't know. I like to shop. You know, and so that's that's what she would do. So I would go to the mall with her. I'd be like, yeah, give me five dollars. I'll go blow it on on video games at the arcade. That archaic thing called the arcade. You go do your thing. I'll do my thing. You know, sometimes I'd steal a little money from her purse too. you know I don't know if that was normal, but I think it's pretty common among the kids. And then my dad, like a lot of men at that age, are like, I hate the mall. Why, why, why would I want to go to the mall? I hate the mall. So where can I go where men go? the bookstore? So back then, we had Walden Books, B. Dalton Books, small little stores in the mall. I used to go to them, too. They were just great because, you know, it's 75% of the mall and any department store is oriented to women, right? Because women are the ones that spend money. And advertising is all based on making people feel insecure about their looks or what they're wearing or what they're using. So... Women, I guess, are more susceptible because at a very young age, they're told that you need makeup to look good. And you have to dress a certain way to get approval and whatnot. So I feel for women because women are really inundated by advertising much more than men. And unless they can step back and see how they're being manipulated, they're stuck in this cycle of buying stuff to make themselves feel better. And they just don't make that connection that when they see... A supermodel wearing a certain clothes, or or advertising Kira Knightley's doing some makeup thing. Subconsciously, they want you to think, well, if I buy that makeup or if I get those clothes, I'm gonna look like Miranda Kerr or Kira Knightley. When nothing's gonna make any woman look like Miranda Kerr, Miranda Kerr or Kira Knightley. So, on one level, you know that, but on one level, you don't, and that's why advertising with celebrities or beautiful people always works. But ultimately, it doesn't make you happier, and so you just buy more and more and more. So my dad would just go there, and then he would just sleep. I mean, literally, my dad wouldn't even find a chair. He would just go to the corner of the bookstore and sleep. The boy was like a walking narcoleptic. I mean, he was a narcoleptic, probably. He had sleep apnea, but he he would sleep so easily. And so we would all be like, okay, let's meet, let's meet back at the bookstore, right, just to placate my dad so he wouldn't have to walk more. So we'd go to the bookstore, and, of course, he's asleep in the corner, and, and the, the clerks didn't wake him up. Oh, good, good memories. Those are funny memories. See, all of us have memories like that in our own family. Yeah. One day, my dad came to me with extra money and said, here is some extra money. If you think you want to buy a bra, your mom has a lot of them from JC Penney's. so I guess they are good. And I thought to myself... She probably has bras from every store in this freaking town, but you've always seen the JCPenney's one stored in your, I don't know, in your doctor bag or something like that. So, okay, but let's go JCPenney's, right? Okay. Anyway, I went to the store and perused the bras. I had no idea what to do or what type of bra should enclose my lopsided fat man boobs. I went to the lady and told her sheepishly that I was thinking of getting a bra. She gave me this look of part amusement and part disgust and uttered, We don't sell bras for boys. Yeah, I don't know what accent that is. I thought, No S-H-I-T, lady. I know that. Cut me some slack. I'm coming to the store hanging my head down low, I'm thinking, for no boy would ever happily say to a clerk, Hey, I'm so stoked. I'm getting my first bra today. Can you hook me up with a nice purple flowery one? Right? So after my Rosa Parks-esque moment with the lady, I slunk out of the store, never contemplating again to buy a bra. I decided it'd be better to take it like a man and be tormented to titty twisters my whole life than wear the accoutrement of a woman. I say Rosa Parks because, you know, she was berated and, and made to feel inferior and then made to kind of sit in the back of the bus, clearly. But I'm not equating my struggles to a civil rights icon. That would be a good hyperbole, though. Now, going back to school, you might ask. Well, let's let's finish with the lady here. Yeah, so, so the lady was a total, you know, I mean... I mean I, I guess from her point of view, a guy teenage boy is coming up asking for a bra and I mean I was I was sincere. it's like, do you have a, a bra? wheres the bra? Uh, you know I need a bra but again, you know I mean it, it's just be a little sensitive, just be a little sensitive, Jane Doe come on now going back to school, you might ask, why didn't you tell the teachers or administrators? I thought about that one. I never did. My sole protestations were a meekish, stop, please. Or as I said earlier, stop. I think the main reason I never told the authority figures is, was because I felt, not too deep down, that I deserved to get picked on. Now, this is something that you, a lot of you who were picked on in high school can relate to the following part. I was fat. I was a waste of space. And I deserved all the vitriol, That was piled on me. I felt it was my lot in life, akin to a leper, to be the fat kid, and to be the whipping boy for the insecure bullies. I deserved to be laughed at. I was a vile creature, and I had as much self-loathing as the amount of M and M's in a large bag three of which I could consume in one sitting. So I think a lot of times we don't defend ourselves because we don't think we deserve to be treated well because either we were told at a young age, if you have abusive parents or family members, that you know, you're know you a waste of space, I wish you were never born, or you're told by you know, students or told by fellow classmates that you're a piece of crap. Unless you're really born or develop an inner strength and self actualization, most kids are just going to take it or they'll deflect it with some sort of humor or by bullying other kids to get their attention off of them. But deep down, we think we're garbage. And it's so sad because we shouldn't be judged by our, our external factors. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. But honestly, in society, we do. We do. I mean, there's several studies that show that attractive people get paid more as a whole and they marry better looking people and they're treated as being more competent than unattractive people. So there is definitely a looks bias in America. If you're fortunate to be attractive, this works in your favor. Now, there are a lot of studies that show that girls who are too pretty at a young age or develop at too young of an age, young of an age, it's actually bad for them because then they get sexualized by the opposite sex at a young age and they like the attention and so they stop turning toward the books. And so they become defined by being the, I guess the, the, the the sexual one, even though they're not, let's say, sexual or be sexually active per se. So ideally, if you have daughters, you want them to be attractive. Because I think nobody wants their kid who's born to be ugly. Let's be honest. But you want them to bloom at a later age. You know, you kind of want them to be like, she's all that. That 1998 movie with Paul Walker. Man, Paul Walker was such a good looking guy. Wasn't he at a young age? Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, the three letter girl. And I, I used to love all those coming of age ugly duckling, uh, ugly duckling movies because clearly you can tell the girl is beautiful, right? So they just try to make, nerd her up to, uh, to to make her look not as attractive. And then of course at the end, you know, they put on the beautiful dress, and oh my God, she's beautiful! Like you didn't tell she, you couldn't tell she had perfect facial symmetry when she was wearing geeky glasses and her hair in a ponytail. What was her name? Rachel, Rachel something, something. Rachel something, Cook. It's a great movie. Yeah, I don't know Or I got off topic there. Well, let's go back because that's the beauty of reading a blog as you can always just go back. In retrospect, I wonder if my life would have been different had I began wearing bras. Would it have precipitated a quicker change in my conviction regarding weight loss due to the even more ridicule to which I would have been subjected? Would it have led to an even deeper depression? Who's to say? Yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, that's one of those, going, going back to 90s movies, with sliding doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, where she in one she finds her husband or boyfriend cheating, and the other one she doesn't, and so the rest of the movie, this is in the 90s, the rest of the movie is shows like her life in two different ways, like what her life would have been like had she caught her husband cheating, and the other one where she didn't. So we all have these kind of decisions that we make, and I'm sure some of you have the introspection to wonder, like, what would my life had been had fill in the blank. And so I wonder, you know, I've had a war in the bras. Probably in the long run, it would have been worse because it would have shown to the bullies that they were getting to me, and clearly they were getting to me because I was having panic attacks, and I was saying, stop, and and, and so on, but had I showed up to school in a brawl, I just think that would have pushed them over the edge, and it would have pushed me over the edge. And I think it's probably I would have led to even greater greater depression. I don't think at that time in my life I was ready to be like, oh, I've hit rock bottom now. It's time to lose weight. Now, why is it I did lose my weight with Coach Webster later, a couple of years later after the the setting of this confession? I don't know. But I think at the time with the bra, I wouldn't have been ready. And so I would have gotten even more depressed. And you know, I definitely thought about suicide during this period, which I'll talk about later. So, who was to say but what can I what, what I can say is that Kramer from Steinfeld stole my idea I should have marketed a male brawl or as he called it the bro back in the early 90s and I could have been a millionaire we all need a little levity right yeah so in uh, Seinfeld it's one of the early Seinfeld episodes that he and, and George think about creating a male bra called The Bro. I, I don't remember that episode too much, but it reminded me of that when I wrote this blog. So that is the end of this podcast, Confessions of an Obese Child, number seven, titled The Bra. I love this this one. This is probably my favorite one because it's it just reminds me of kind of some funny memories with my family, and it's unique. So if any of you have this experience, I would love to know if any of you men who might be listening to this I don't want to think I'm alone, that I was the only one who contemplated wearing a bra. Or if you if you did wear a bra, you know, I want to know what that was like, you know. And definitely you women, too. If you had to wear, I don't know, a corset or I forget what it was called. I used to wear those those black things that you wrap around your belly. I know, like, pregnant women wear them or after they've given birth, they wear them. But I wore those, too, uh, sometimes at school. Actually, I should write on that, too. I should. But if you, any of you women have unique stories, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. I would love to interview people who've gone through similar experiences, if they've lost the weight or if they even haven't lost the weight. I would like to talk to people, so please contact me so I can interview you. Or at least post some stuff in the comments on my website, integravita.com, which is spelled integral, take off the L and then add V-I-T-A, which means whole life in Latin, Integravita. Go to one of the either the blogs or the podcast comments and write something. I would just love to hear your stories. Cause right now I feel a little isolated because I've told my friends about these podcasts and, and my blog, but you know, of course they can't relate because none of them were overweight as a high school person. And so they might think it's it's a little weird, right? And you know, I think why at my age am I finally doing this? Well, I don't know. I I've always had these memories, but I just thought why not process them out and see if other people can relate to it? And why not kind of create a forum for people in this situation? Because, I, I, again, I'm not on the computers that much. I don't look at screens too much. But I don't think there's a lot of real forums for this specific um, occasion of being formally overweight. So that's all I have to say. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please come back please post a review. That would be awesome. Let your friends know. Say, hey, this Gregory guy is douchey because he's got a first first name. That's one initial, like F. Marie Abraham, the great actor from the 80s. Or C. Thomas Howell. I'm trying to think of another one who's got one. F. Scott Fitzgerald, yeah, right? Or some other guy. So just uh, let people know about it. Like I said, I'm on a... I'm on Twitter. I do have a Facebook account, too, so I'm trying to figure that one out. Yes, I don't know Facebook that well, but uh, try to find me on Twitter. Try to find me on Facebook. Facebook, it's Integra Vita Wellness. Just search that or search A Gregory Luna. Until the next time, take care. Eat some 90% dark chocolate. Go for night walks. Night walks are so relaxing. Take care. Bye-bye. for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.integravita.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. See you next time.